Hi, I'm Laura Best, founder of Passion Collective and host of the Passion Chats podcast. On this episode, I chat with Astrid Benedetto. Astrid is the AVP DEI segment manager at US Bank, where she leads the strategy for disability and European segments. Born in Indonesia, Astrid moved to the US and built a career in accounting and IT. Then an unexpected and very painful layoff forced her to look deeply at her true passion and purpose and the work she really wanted to do. That led her to start a new career path in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, DEI is a huge and somewhat complicated topic these days as organizations figure out how to shift and grow their cultures. I wanted to hear more from Astrid about what DEI means for her and also why she decided to dedicate her career to helping others. You'll hear Astrid share her story of how she approached her career pivot, the setbacks she experienced, and how she found the courage to share her passion so she could forge the path she wanted. I just know that this conversation will inspire you to look more deeply at your purpose and also hopefully reinforce how leading with empathy and compassion can give you more fulfillment in your life. Enjoy. So Astrid, thank you so much for joining Passion Chats today. You know, it's funny, you were one of the earliest passionados, I think. You were one of the first people to show up uh, at Passion Collective events, and you were engaging so much with the community. And I'm just so thrilled to have you here on our podcast today. Um, I've watched your journey over the last seven or eight years as I've known you. Um, And I think this is going to be a really inspiring conversation for everyone. So thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. So let's start off with this whole idea of DEI. This is your career focus now. We're going to go into your career journey a little bit, but I really want to start with this DEI thing. Why are you passionate about DEI? What does that acronym mean for you personally? And why do you care? Growing up in Indonesia as a minority ethnic group there, my family went through various discrimination by the government and the native people in Indonesia. This lived experiences along with my struggles coming to the United States as an immigrant and what I had to overcome to feel included and accepted in my new environment have really left a deep impression on me and awoken this sense of inclusion and belonging and equity in me in my adulthood and later in my career. Mm. So, you know, that's a a tremendous amount of lived experience that, you know, you're bringing to everything in your life. I mean, you, you started your career at least in the United States in accounting, you know, you worked in IT what led you to changing your career? I mean, obviously you had this this tremendous lived experience and you had this drive inside, but what led you to sort of focus your career on that aspect? As mentioned, right, um, growing up in a traditional, in, in Indonesia, in a traditional Asian household where parent influence on a child's education career choice is very prevalent. I started my career journey where I can use my strength and that is my analytical and number skill. Um, so that's why I started in accounting, right? It's it's really more of 
being an obedient child, right? Um, going with what my parent influenced. Prior to DEI, most of my work experiences have been in finance. When I joined US Bank, I was part of the corporate audit services team that audit engagement on technology processes. So that was my, my short career um, kind of in the IT space. The determination to pivot my career to DEI actually happened after I was laid off from Target Corporation in 2015. The layoff provided me with an opportunity to find my purpose and recenter my career, drawing from my lived experiences and also growing up with prejudice and discrimination to really recenter my work on inclusion and equity going forward. Mm. So obviously that's a huge life shift, right? When you're laid off, it can be really uh, disruptive and hurtful. Um, and sometimes it feels like for some people, I know certainly I've been laid off before, there's this sort of panic to to get another job. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so much about identity and paying the bills. How did you step through that process of pivoting your career from something that was so different to DEI? How did you do that? What questions did you ask yourself? It took a while, right? Um, when I got laid off, I said, hey, this is really a chance for me to reflect on all of the roles I've had and figure out what do I want to do the rest of my career. And at the time, even though I do really well, right, I'm, I'm a great, um, I have a, this great analytical mindset. However, there's always something that I feel like I'm missing. I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And as I mentioned, it was a journey. It took me, I think, a few months to really, well, first, I, I have to go through the phase of mourning, right, to your point. Being laid off when it's not your choice, it is hard, right? You started questioning, what did I do wrong? Um, and so after I went through that mourning process, is this kind of next realization, what do I want to do next? And that journey is really about looking into myself, going through in my head, all of my paid and unpaid work experiences, but then also starting to, for me, to really kind of reflect back on my childhood. And I noticed there is this kind of common theme that popped up through this search that I'm really pulled to work that really helped to power potential right? Helping others develop and seeing them be successful in a small project or something bigger, it really gave me this personal satisfaction, right? And so that's kind of when I realized that I do want to pivot my work into the work of inclusion and equity. So some some deep questions personally for you there that you you resolved pretty quickly really a couple of months is 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 obviously a short period of time when you uh started looking for roles in DEI how did you go about that i mean literally did you show up and say hey i've got this great corporate background i've got this unique lived ex- experience i know i can do this job or did you have to gain new skills, do some training? How did you get the new role, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question, right? And in corporate America, often it's 
what really bug us down from switching career is this requirement, right, to get the proper education background for that new direction or even experiences. And for me, I already started to dabble in inclusion work when I was at Target. I was already part of the Asian employee group at Target, right? I was co-leading one of the the pillar for the Asian Business Council there. And so that was my unpaid volunteer work, so to speak. And so that's um, what I use. I mean, I brought that up also in my resume, right? I pepper that in. But also, um, it was not a straightforward path for me to get into DEI. So by the time, so by the time I was laid off, and by the time I finally rejoined a corporate America, it took almost a year, right? Um, and in between that, I also had another idea to start my own business. That's another story. <laughs> so the this path to DEI was not straightforward. So the first interview that I had during that layoff period when I was trying to get to my next role was actually with the city of Minneapolis. And unfortunately, all of the candidates for that opening were already in the public space, right? Where I was, I believe I was the only candidate that came from the private sector. And so I didn't make it to the second interview, but that didn't um, diminish my, my eagerness to get into this space. However, I think I had to pivot my game plan. So at the time, I, it's almost a year after I got laid off and I was like, you know what? I cannot have a lag in my resume. So in parallel of starting my own business, I also applied to U.S. Bank and I landed with the, their corporate audit group. And I believe I did a few things right when I joined U.S. Bank. The first thing that I did is that I made it transparent to my leader in corporate audit, to the directors there that this is a passion of mine is really the DEI space. So I will start bringing in inclusion news, right, about employee resource group within the bank to the corporate audit team. The second thing that I did right in my mind is that I started telling as many people about this passion. And that's including one person she was also the executive co-sponsor for the Asian employee group at Target. And she has a quite a senior role at US Bank. I reached out to her and said, hey, you've known me from my work with the Asian employee group at Target. That is something that I'm interested in joining also here at the bank. So who can you introduce me to so I can learn more about DEI at US Bank? And I was introduced to the director of the DEI at U.S. Bank at the time. And I set up a, a meeting with her from the lens of getting to know her, getting to know her area. And at the same time, sharing some of the lessons learned right from employee resource group at Target. And luckily, um, at the time, I think I was there at the right time talking to the right person also. Um, that's what I said. Um, luck is really when preparation meets opportunity. And that person mentioned, yes, we are just beginning to launch Asian employee group at the bank. If you're interested, come to apply as a board member, right? So I did that. And then on my second interaction with her, I have 
finally had the courage to say to her, I'm really interested in switching my career into the DEI space. And so if there's an opportunity, right, let me know. And she reached out to me a month later and said, I'm expanding my team. You know, if you're interested, go through the formal process. And long story short, I got the role that was seven and a half years ago. Wow. You know, that's so much in that that I want to talk about. I mean, number one, I think it talks a lot about uh, U.S. banks culture, right? Of Sounds like it's a very open culture where you can have that conversation. I mean, there are some organizations where if you express an interest to do a job that's different to your own, you can be seen as disloyal or you can be seen as, you know, where you've lost, you know, your commitment to your role and you know, certainly there are many organizations who who won't embrace somebody's passions as much. So I think, you know, kudos to US Bank there. But also, how courageous of you to actually put yourself out there, certainly as a new employee within the organization, to say, hey, I know I've got this role, but actually, I'm really passionate about this, you know, and to put it out there. Um, because I'm guessing that when you did that seven and a half years ago, you knew you had that passion and it was formed pretty well inside of you, but it wasn't fully formed. You know, it probably still isn't fully formed, right? And imagine every day your passion is growing or changing. And I think that's what so many of our passionados struggle with. It's when do I tell people about the things I love to get those opportunities, right? That that courage, I think, is, is quite tremendous. What did you tell yourself at, at that point? Or did you just sort of do it and say, screw it, I'm just going to tell people? How did you? Well, I told... I told my manager at the time in corporate audit, right, I'm going to do my job really well, what you hired me to do. But at the same time, I have this passion. And I see that at the time, right, the corporate audit department doesn't really have a lot of um, information about the internal employee resource group. And so that's what I mentioned to my leader, that that's what I'm going to start bringing in, right, to really kind of create more inclusion within the corporate audit. But at the same time, to this day, I'm very thankful to my leader because he could have been a roadblocker in me pursuing this passion. Because at the time when I applied for this internal DEI position, I was only six months in role, right? And so that we have a policy, you cannot switch role um, unless you've been in your role for a year. So he could have been a roadblock for me, right? But because I was transparent from the beginning about my intention of, yes, I'm still going to do well in my day job, but I'm also going to start bringing in inclusion, right? He already see that, yes, she is doing, I mean, she's being transparent and she's doing what she said she's doing, right? And so in my mind, then he, you know, he see as the right thing to do is not to stop me from pursuing that passion. And to your point, right, it does say something about the culture as US Bank. And to this day, I'm, I'm very grateful um, that I was able to get into this organization. Because to your point, I mean, there are so many other organizations where the culture of openness and inclusion isn't there yet. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Um, so to me, the, the word that keeps coming up certainly is you mentioned your, your leader, who's a man, obviously a, a male ally, we would call him. It's just this word integrity, right? You had integrity mm-hmm. because you were being yourself and you were expressing your passion. 
Um, you had integrity because you were adding value on top of your day job. You had integrity because you're still doing your day job very well. He had integrity because he was doing the right thing as a leader. So I just think that's a, a wonderful story. Um, I know that, Astrid, you you really have a strong value for empathy and compassion in leadership. It sounds like your leader had a lot of empathy and compassion as well, and he understood you. Do you think it's possible in this day and age, with all the pressures that we're under at work, you know, there are so many layoffs, there's so many cost pressures, there's no time, right? How can we be empathetic and compassionate leaders these days at work? Because there are many pressures that we are under, it's even more crucial for us to be an empathetic and compassionate leader. We all have our own struggles, and many studies have proven that empathetic connections with one another enhance relationship and performance. Empathy and compassion will lead to a culture of engagement, collaboration, and as a result, oftentimes, right, employee feel more loyal to that leader. Um, This leader that hired me in DEI, right, um, I've worked with her for a number of years, and because she's so empathetic, right? When I have to go through um, the the period of mourning because my my mother passed away during the pandemic, right? Those kind of um, experiences and how you see your team is really continuing to to work behind the scene to ensure that you can go through that morning period without having to worry about work, right? That's empathy. That's that's really being compassionate. And my leader, my team, they all showcase that. And that's also why I want to reciprocate, right? And, and uh, as a result, I'm also really committed to the work, right? To continue to to pull together as a team. And when somebody else is going through their struggles, right? I want to also chip in and contribute in becoming really a, a, a one team, right? Essentially, it's it's really the ups and downs. We we have to weigh in and and continue to lean in and be empathetic and compassionate. How do so? Just for your advice here, um, it, if I'm someone who doesn't have the same life experience as you, but I want to be more empathetic to your experience, how do I start? How do I begin? Because I think a lot of people want to understand and be empathetic and support other people who might be different to them, but they're scared of starting, right? They're scared of saying something wrong or putting the foot wrong or whatever it may be. How would how would you start? I would start by listening. Listen to what people have to say. Be curious. Ask questions. And ask DEI practitioners I would say that I I don't know it all. I learn every day from my colleagues, right? And we just have to admit that we don't know everything. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay to, to say it from a place we want to learn more. But I would also challenge you to, to do your own research first. Oftentimes, we put a lot of weight, for especially people of color, to tell us what is wrong and to help educate others that are not from the same 
ethnicity, right? About their struggles. Before you do that, start by educating yourself. I mean, there are so much information out there that you can learn first, but then after that, really listen in and be curious to what I said earlier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it strikes me that, you know, your experience, Astrid, with getting yourself to where you are today, um, and even what you're suggesting here, it's it's often called doing the work, right? You're doing the work. Um, and that means often doing work in addition to your day job. Um, certainly, if you're trying to follow your passion at work, it sometimes means taking on extra projects. And, you know, with many DEI uh, organizations or groups within organizations, people are asked to take on extra activities that might not be part of their job description and they might not be getting paid extra for. Mm-hmm. If, if you're somebody who is feeling like they're almost at their maximum capacity, you know, they've got 12 Zoom meetings a day, they're maybe caring for aging parents, they've got kids at home, they've got to do the grocery shopping, they're trying to keep fit, like all of this stuff what would your advice be to someone who actually wants to do this work, but they look at their week and they're like, I just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, start, start by, if you're really truly passionate about DEI, First of all, you do not need a formal title of DEI to do inclusion work, right? You can start influencing inclusion and belonging in the space that you are in. You also do not need to be a people leader to influence the work. We need everyone in all types of areas, industries, at all levels of the organization to build a culture of diversity, inclusion, belonging, and equity. The second point that I want to make, um, capacity, right? We have our max capacity of doing things. So, so I would really look at your capacity and really focus on things that will bring value back to you, but then also things that will help make you feel fulfilled. What is your purpose? Try to find that purpose, whatever that is for you, and focus on that purpose. Because I think if we can really align our work with the purpose, whatever it is, your purpose, the work is just going to become more satisfied, um, satisfactory. But also I, I see that people who are really passionate about something they don't mind doing the extra work. Like, you know, I realized myself going through the pandemic, I was averaging 13 hour a day for a year and a half, almost two years. It was hard on me physically, but mentally the, the passion helped fuel the energy within me, right? Because I know I'm doing something good not just for myself, but for other people and potentially helping shape that future for, for my kids when they're ready to enter the workplace. And that becomes kind of this alignment of both my career purpose and my, my purpose as an individual. So I think that's, that's the best scenario. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of passion helping fuel your energy. Sometimes when you're overscheduled, you're exhausted, 
the last thing you're thinking of doing is taking on a new project, right? But sometimes it doesn't need to be a project. It can be one small thing you can do that can really actually add to your energy. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Astrid. You've given us so much to think about today. Thank you for sharing your story. I mean, I'm sure we could do three more episodes, four more episodes on this. Um, But I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Well, Laura, I want to thank you and for the entire crew of Passion Collective. I mean, what you guys are doing, it really helped give voice to women and inspire women, right? Oftentimes, when I feel down, I will go to LinkedIn and see what post Passion Collective has recently, and it helps kind of ignite and give this uh uh, push to me personally. So thank you for doing oh, all of this. Continue to inspire all of us. Oh, thanks, Astrid. Well, we'll do our best. We will do our best. We'll take care. Thank you.